It's the first of our two exclusive KGEZ Good Morning Show drill downs made possible by Bailey Insurance Services to Washington, D.C. and Bob Costantini. Good morning, Bob. Hey, John Robin. Good morning. And, uh, yeah, we have breaking news this morning, as you've just pointed out. Ronna McDaniel announcing what really is not a surprise because it was expected that she was going to resign at some point along the way here. And the expectation was that she might resign after the South Carolina primary. She's announcing today, at least, that she is going to resign as the party chair uh, effective March 8th, which is after Super Tuesday. And that may be the point where former President Trump has wrapped up uh, enough delegates to win the nomination on, at that particular point. Now, it's not unusual for a, a party chair uh, to maybe, especially for the party that's not in power, uh, to eventually resign even sometimes after the convention and take over the party uh, on behalf of the candidate that is the nominee. It is a bit unusual uh, for the, you know, not necessarily presumptive nominee, if you want to call it that, to reach out and say, these are the people I want to lead the party. But it shows uh, how much dominance Donald Trump has over the Republican Party that uh, his, uh, you know, his snits with Ronna McDaniel of late have been that uh, the party decided uh, to have debates that with all the other candidates involved, and Mr. Trump uh, boycotted those debates, uh, and uh, that Nikki Haley is still in the race without uh, McDaniel trying to get her to quit the race. And so the, the week or so ago, Donald Trump announced that he was supporting Michael Watley, uh, the chair of the North Carolina Republican Party, who is an election denier, uh, to be the chair, and then as co-chair, he wants his daughter-in-law, Lara Trump, married to son Eric, uh, to be the co-chair, and to put other you know, people perhaps into the RNC hierarchy uh, that basically are his people. So it's, it's kind of unusual to make that move probably as early as it's going to be made. There has been some pushback, it seems, from a few Republican National Committee members, but in the end... It's almost certain that Donald Trump will get Michael Watley and Laura Trump to lead the party. Uh, it's his party, and it's his family's party. And that's the way it's uh, likely to be. But Ronna McDaniel announcing her uh, decision uh, when she's stepping down. She was handpicked by Donald Trump in 2017 because uh, Ronna, Romney McDaniel was part of the Romney family in Michigan, the prominent political family in 2016. She was the party chair in Michigan and helped Donald Trump win that state, uh, you know, a big win for him, obviously. So uh, she was awarded with the party chairmanship. And lasting, you know, as long as she has, in a sense, nearly, nearly seven years, is a bit unusual, actually, for party chairs. But uh, she, uh, she was a strong supporter of Donald Trump all along even as her cousin, uh, Mitt Romney, uh, certainly has had issues with Donald Trump along the way. But uh, this time around, uh, Donald Trump is just uh, a little too upset with Ronna McDaniel to leave her in there until, you know, let's say after the convention. Uh, it's uh, kind of fascinating to me that uh, 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 the choice of Laura Trump, uh, Eric has been characterized by so many people as the smart one, yet, and that was uh, tongue-in-cheek saying that, yet... <laughs> 
perhaps we have underestimated uh, this young man? Uh, well, Eric uh, uh, is a business person who, uh, you know, has been helping run the Trump organization. He is part of that uh, New York uh, civil case and, and is going to owe uh, millions of dollars uh, if if the case holds up. But, uh, yeah, it's always been his intelligence has always been made fun of, especially on Saturday Night Live uh, in particular. But uh, there's no reason to think that he is, uh, you know, he is, uh, and I almost hate to say this because this is, this is an opinion, obviously, but there's no reason to think he is some kind of serious dim bulb. Uh, and, and uh, you know, and his wife has been a strong uh, supporter out front of uh, the Donald Trump's campaign this year, this time. Uh, and, of course, notably absent is Ivanka Trump from, and, and Jared Kushner from the Trump campaign this year. Uh, you know, perhaps one could argue Melania Trump has been noticeably absent as well. But um, Laura Trump is kind of taking perhaps uh, a position that maybe, <laughs> I don't know, uh, that might have gone to Ivanka if uh, the former president thought that uh, she was interested in helping him win this time. And it seems as though she's only slightly interested, I suppose, uh, for him to win in 2024. Fascinating. And I, and I really I really think that's a dynamic here. That uh, First off, the, the party chair uh, under RNC rules, the party chair and co-chair must be of the opposite sex. So, uh, you know, rather than uh, put in perhaps Ivanka Trump, <laughs> um, he, he thought, well, the better person to have is my daughter-in-law, and it looks like a slightly less bit of nepotism, if you want to look at it that way. So what does this mean for Nikki Haley? Well, um, she has, she said um, over the weekend, quote, I would hope that the people in the RNC know that they have the responsibility in responsibility to put in people in the RNC who are going to look out in the best interest of all of the Republican Party, not just one person. And uh, as I noted in my note to you guys, it sounds really quaint, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what a notion. Uh, however, it is Donald Trump's party. It is the Trump family's party, uh, if you want to look at it that way. And, and that's, that's how it's going to be. Uh, there's almost no doubt that uh, Watley and Laura Trump will be put in the positions of, uh, you know, heading the Republican National Committee for the time being. And uh, whatever happens, obviously, after the election in 2024, uh, you know, remember, uh, the, uh, the former president also put in a lot of people into the Republican National Committee committee, the actual committee itself, uh, made up of like 150 people. Uh, he put a lot of uh, loyalists into those positions in the various states. Uh, he helped he helped them get their their position, their seats on the Republican National Committee. And so the, this uh, this vote eventually, when it comes, is going to be a foregone conclusion. It would seem. Uh, this just uh, came in from the Associated Press, Bob. Uh, Donald Trump now has appealed that four hundred and fifty four million dollar judgment yeah. in New York. Yeah, yeah every. Um, Every so often, if he doesn't ante up some kind of deposit on it, which is which is basically the full amount, um, uh, his uh, his fines or the, the penalties are going up. 
and now he owes almost a hundred million. He would owe almost a hundred million dollars more than the original three hundred and fifty-five million dollar judgment. And so this is—it's uh, a civil case, and therefore, uh, to make sure it can be covered if necessary, the uh, the penalty was three hundred and fifty-five million dollars in cash total between Donald Trump, uh, Donald Trump Jr. and Eric Trump, something like that, and then. Uh, they're supposed to put up the money uh, to make sure that it does get covered if he loses on appeal. Now, uh, I guess he's trying to appeal this pretty quickly now because that money's adding up, and there are huge question marks about whether former President Trump has that kind of cash available to him without having to sell off in a fire sale, really, a number of properties in New York because this is, this is about his New York properties. But also, if he has to raise that kind of cash, then he, he may have to sell off a huge amount of assets. And he, they own a lot of other buildings in New York, a lot of other developments, not just Trump Tower, of course, that we talk about, but uh, a, a number of business or office buildings in town and retail locations and the like. And uh, that's part of you know what Letitia James is trying to uh, – tried to get them to have to give up because of the fraud that the judge in that civil case ruled the Trumps uh, carried out when it came to valuing their properties and getting loans for them. Yeah. Now, Bob, you know, it's interesting. John and I have uh, talked. We couldn't do that. We couldn't uh, value properties and get away with that kind of a thing. But the uh, uh, I heard an interesting supposition, and that is there was no victim uh, in this, in that the yep. banks all made money, nobody, there were no losses or anything. So, uh, you know, this may be the wrong fight to be in. I don't know. Well, that was one of the defense arguments in that civil case. Uh, the, the Trump lawyers argued, okay, the loans were paid back. Uh, nobody really got hurt. Uh, the loans may have been in, on more favorable terms because of the alleged fraud, about you know inflating the value of the properties and getting better you know loan terms uh, for that as as collateral, um, and there were there were also some questions as to whether they devalued the property. Of course, the properties when it came tax time, but the uh, that was the argument. But the judge in the case didn't buy it, and it was a civil case. And uh, there there is a uh, you know understandable question that if it had been some kind of criminal case uh, would he would the Trump organization have been convicted uh, as it basically was uh, in the uh, you know by the judge in the civil case the judge handed down a bench ruling and so that's the way the trial went um, he, he said early on that the Trump the Trump organization had engaged in fraud in its business dealings and that's when they also had the hearing that mr. to, to which mr. Trump testified twice uh, on the uh, uh, you know about the the, the the valuation of his property and how other people handled that kind of thing, um, but he, it was a uh, uh, it, it was a, the, the civil trial made it made the, the benchmark to clear in that uh, a, a lot easier really for uh, for the judge I would assume yeah because it wasn't a jury trial. Well, Bob, Congress is back. Uh, are we going to get anything done this week? <laughs> well. Um, 
the president has asked the four big four congressional leaders to come to the White House tomorrow uh, to talk about uh, how maybe to move forward. Friday night is a, a government partial government shutdown deadline, and you know we we don't know what Speaker of the House Mike Johnson is going to allow to be acceptable on the House floor as far as some sort of continuing resolution to prevent the partial shutdown. Uh, We know that Republicans in the Senate have generally said that they don't favor that. Mitch McConnell doesn't favor that, and Democrats would not favor that as well. What happens in the House? This is, you know, Speaker Mike Johnson's head (laughs) could be on the chopping block if he allows a simple continuing resolution perhaps to carry the government funding through the end of the year or the election beyond or or whatever, you know, through the rest of the fiscal year is October, uh, which would take it largely out of, uh, uh, you know, electoral politics um, or or maybe even beyond. I don't know. But the speaker has to figure that out, and he also has to decide if he is going to bring to the floor the Senate-passed bill that would provide aid to Ukraine, aid to Israel, aid to Taiwan, and other Indo-Pacific nations that the Senate has approved after taking out of that compromise legislation the whole border thing. And Johnson has been saying of late he wants a border, you know, an immigration restriction, asylum restriction component to any legislation that will be considered. Uh, Do they try to do that in the, you know, funding of government to keep it open? and force that down the throats of uh, uh, Democrats? Do they try to do it with the uh, you know, international aid supplemental bill? We don't know. And, and uh, Johnson uh, you know, was unwilling to accept the Senate compromise, but in return he says they're not going to move forward with the Ukraine aid bill unless there is some kind of border component to it. So and and you know we've talked about how he's in a real squeeze, <laughs> truthfully, because if he uh, if he uh, allows the Ukraine funding perhaps to be approved you know, on a bipartisan basis, you know, with more Democrats maybe than Republicans voting for it, then uh, you know there there will be perhaps another call to vacate the chair. Someone will bring up a resolution to vacate the chair the way they did with Kevin McCarthy. Okay, uh, Bob. As far as that uh, vacating. Does that come entirely from a Republican, or could a Democrat bring it up? Um, well, my understanding is that it was just a Republican rule, and uh, the, that's what McCarthy agreed to. And uh, you know, uh, I guess other speakers have agreed to it. I'm not really sure, but um, it's not something that Nancy Pelosi would have agreed to. Well, to get Democratic speakership. So it, it was McCarthy who agreed to it, and it has not been changed. And you have uh, the likes of Marjorie Taylor Greene or, you know, uh, Gate, my, you know Gates uh, and, and others in the uh, congressional, uh, you know, the, uh, the, uh, con- the uh, most the conservatives, among the conservatives leaders, among the uh, Freedom Caucus in particular, who, uh, you know, are continuing to hold that over the head of Speaker Johnson. 
with uh, with all of these decisions that have to be made, and that's why decisions haven't been made. And the president bringing all the four leaders tomorrow together, trying to get, in particular, to avoid a government shutdown, but also to get badly needed aid moving to Ukraine, which, uh, if that were voted on in the House, would get a bipartisan vote. The question is, uh, too many Republicans, if, if too many Republicans vote against it and too many Democrats vote for it, it's a problem for Speaker Johnson. Bob, as always, we appreciate your great reporting, and thank you for drilling down for us this morning. All right, you guys. Talk to you soon. Thanks. Okay. Bye-bye.